Welcome to the Happy Sober Podcast. Helping people get back in control of their life, happiness, peace, and purpose, and all without a drop of alcohol. For more information and to book your place on our next free quit drinking webinar, visit www.stopdrinkingexpert.com. And now, here's your host, Craig Beck. Worried about your drinking? Why not join us for a free quit drinking webinar? www.stopdrinkingexpert.com. Hi, how are you doing? My name is Craig Beck. I am known as the Stop Drinking Expert because that's what I do. I go around the world helping problem drinkers to get out of that loop uh, of using alcohol either on a daily basis as a coping mechanism for life or in binge sessions uh, that just seem to be happening on a, you know, a regular basis. So uh, before we go any further, I just want to remind you that the Quit Drinking Boot Camp that I take around the world, uh, we have dates scheduled in for 2019. These things always sell out because they're always really small, intimate things. 10, 12 people maximum uh, is what I allow to come. So they always sell out. London sold out. San Francisco sold out. New York sold out. Uh, So do not put this off. You can spread the payment over three months if you want, but just get it booked and get it put in your diary. Uh, We're doing London in January 2019. We're doing Nashville, Tennessee in February 2019 and Toronto, Canada, March 2019. And go to the website if you want details of that, stopdrinkingexpert.com. So today's video, how do you stay sober at Christmas or Thanksgiving? Or Easter. I guess it depends on when you're watching this video. But uh, let me tell you that at the time of recording right now here, it's, uh, it's the 30th of November. We're going to put the Christmas tree up tomorrow and festive season is here. How do I know it's here? Because yesterday I went to the gym and I was the only person in it. Today, I've just got back from the gym and I was the only person in it. It's that time of year, isn't it? where people have the best excuse of the whole calendar year. This is the month where you can go crazy and you've got a great justification for it. You can eat chocolate until chocolate starts coming out of your eyes. You can drink yourself stupid. You can eat so much that you put on 10 kilos in a month. Everything goes in December because, hey, it's the family holiday. So uh, with that in mind... What I normally see happen is activity on my website goes down in December. Less people come looking, less people join, less people get started. And I understand that. It's the same reason why the gym is empty. And it's the same reason why the gym will be packed in January. and You won't be able to move for people with good intentions. Now, I had a lady join the Stop Drinking Expert online course uh, the other day, and she emailed me two days ago, and she said, "Look, I, I've joined and I've got started, but now I'm, you know, I'm thinking maybe I've joined at the wrong time of year because Christmas is coming up, and you know what? All my friends are inviting me out, and maybe, maybe I should just carry on drinking and then get started in January. What do you think?" Uh, and I think she was genuinely hoping that I would say, "Wow, what a great idea! I'd never thought of that." Look. There's a bit of inside-outside thinking going on here, all right? Uh, And the inside thinking, inside the bubble of unreality that we call alcohol use, is that there is a benefit to drinking, that it gives you something. And 
what people find when they come to a quit drinking boot camp or do the course online is there are no benefits to alcohol. Every, it's, you know, it's like going to a loan shark to borrow money. Yeah, okay, it appears that you have money in your pocket. But is it not true that the problem you get out the back end is infinitely bigger than the problem you started with? And that is alcohol personified. So when someone says to me, well, you know, shall, shall I just have one more month of drinking? What, what I hear is, Craig, do you think I should have one more month of misery? No, I, mean, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And it's because our thinking is so twisted around this drug that it seems like an entirely logical question. It seems like, you know, a totally innocent thing to, thing to ask. But if you change the substance, if we had it confirmed today by every major scientist and nutritionist in the country that carrots caused cancer, no doubt about it, you eat carrots, you're going to get cancer. And they worked out that cancer around the world was generally caused by carrots. Would you say to your family and your friends, hey, we have to stop eating carrots immediately? Or would you say, let's just have one more month of eating carrots and then we'll stop? It doesn't make any sense. Look, when you get started on the program, the journey goes like this. It's, it's not just a random collection of my thoughts. I take you through a process and it starts with awareness. Awareness of the reality awareness of the illusion that is being performed by big alcohol, the marketing, and the people who sell the stuff, and even governments to a certain extent. There is an illusion here. And so I show you how the trick is being done. Then we take a look at everything that you believe that alcohol gives you. Relaxation, uh, deals with social anxiety, helps you get to sleep, gives you confidence. The list goes on and on. We deal with every single one of those and dissect it and pull it in part and reveal it for what it is. It's a baseless, foundationless premise. Then we go into goal settings and establish what you want to do with your life and how you want to live. Because some people come into the process wanting to cut down on the drinking. Other people want to quit completely. So we go through that process. But then we look at the obstacles and opportunities. What's going to get in the way of your sober life? And Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter are all things that could get in the way if your thinking is not clear. Once you get it into your head, once you realign your belief structure around this drug, you will not see it the same way. You won't look at people drinking alcohol and think, ah, oh, I want to do that any more than you would look at someone injecting heroin and say, ah, wish I could do that. Because you can do that, can't you? You want to inject some heroin? Go and do it. Why don't you? Because you fundamentally believe at your core that would be a bad thing to introduce into your life. You know for certain that adding heroin into your life would make it worse, not better. And what that tells me is that your belief structure... Your thinking around heroin is perfectly aligned. You are at peace with reality. It's just that your thinking and your beliefs have become so twisted around this other drug that kills infinitely more people than heroin that you see it as a benefit. Once you get into the place, with my help, that you, you start looking at alcohol the same way you look at heroin and all those other evil drugs, then Christmas doesn't present you a problem 
because you're not tempted to sniff glue at Christmas, are you? Just because it's Christmas. You're not tempted to inject heroin. You're only tempted to do the thing where your belief structures are out of line and out of whack. So there's no, I don't advise anyone to wait until a certain point in the year to start dealing with this problem, because all that happens is you will find another reason not to take action. If I'd said to that lady, yeah, you're probably right, wait until January, all that would happen is she'd get to January and she'd say, but hang on, it's my brother's birthday in February. Oh, maybe I should get started in March. And then you get to March and she goes, well, you know, but we've got the family vacation and it's all inclusive, all the drinks are paid for. I'll get started in August. And you see how this goes? Then it's like, well, you know, Halloween's coming up and we always go around to Uncle Bertie's and he has that great shit. You see, it never ends. So if alcohol is making you miserable in this moment, then this is the moment you deal with it. Okay, so I think we're pretty clear on the mindset, the general mindset uh, of how you deal with being sober at Christmas or staying sober at Christmas. So uh, let me give you some actual practical advice on how you get through the holiday season. Because, look, I know it's a great example. You know, you can, you can say, why don't you use other drugs and why do you use alcohol? And I, I, I get it. There's social proof around alcohol. And at Christmas and at Thanksgiving and all these other times of year, you walk into an environment and everyone you love, everyone you care about is drinking the drug. And no matter how solid you're thinking that you don't want to drink this poison because you know it's just out to kill you, no matter how fixed you are on that, there is still a little bit of you that feels out of place. I get it because it's social proof. And it's kind of hardwired into us to look at the people around us for, as indications of how we're supposed to behave as human beings in our own right. So how do you deal with Christmas then? So, th well, the first thing is preparation. Okay, you need to be prepared for this. Uh, don't turn up to parties assuming that they're going to be catering for you. Because you may turn up and all they've got is tap water. And, <laughs> it, and that's got nothing to do with whether you drink or not. It's just fact it's boring. Yeah? So maybe you have to do a little bit of preparation ahead of time. If you're holding a party, you need to have something for you and the other non-drinkers that feels like an indulgence. And I flew with Qatar Airlines last week uh, from Larnaca, Cyprus to Doha to Bangkok. And Qatar Airlines just get it. It's, you know, when you, if you fly business class and you get on the plane and the first thing they do, they offer you a glass of champagne. And of course, you take the sparkling water or the orange juice, but a little bit of you feels like I'm getting cheated. You know, I'm getting less value for money than the other people. Qatar Airlines do a luxury, high-end, non-alcoholic champagne. And then they also give you a wine list with a, an entire page of mocktails and non-alcoholic beverages. And really tempting, you know, really described the same way as mojitos and margaritas and all these other cocktails are described. And it's amazing. It's, it's so good. And I understand that, you know, they're, they're catering for a, a Muslim audience and, and people who don't drink because of their religion. But my God, I wish that that was in the Western world. I wish that all airlines and all places provided this. But if you're throwing a party, you need to think like Qatar Airlines. Don't just have orange juice available. Don't just have soda as the alternative to champagne and Prosecco and, and beer and lager and all these things. 
make something that feels indulgent. And we're getting better at this as a society. Now you can get designer non-alcoholic gins and they're fermented and they're brewed using the same quality juniper berries and all the other exotic ingredients that go into making these expensive alcoholic drinks, but they strip out the alcohol. You know, gone are the days when you had to taste just disgusting grape juice as an alternative to wine. People are getting to make artisan products in an alcohol-free world now. So if you do a bit of research and perhaps you'll not be able to go down to Walmart or you know, to the supermarket and buy this stuff, maybe you'll have to think ahead and order it online and have it delivered to you. But you can have an entirely indulgent experience without a single drop of attractively packaged poison. That's the first thing. Preparation is key. Uh, the second thing is, if you're at a social event, I always tell people, you only have to get through the first hour. Because I'm telling you, if you stay sober for one hour at a party, you will have enough evidence of the damage that alcohol does to people that you no longer have to use willpower to avoid it. Because when you go to a party for that first 15, 20 minutes, when everyone is getting their first drink, you look around and the social proof kicks in and you think, this sucks. I feel left out. I feel like the odd one out. I feel like the boring person at the party. And you'll feel like that for about 15, 20 minutes. You can cope with 15, 20 minutes of this, yeah? After about an hour, you will start to see friends of yours who in everyday life, they are high-flying professionals. They're doctors, they're lawyers, they're, you know, real high professions, really intelligent people, articulate people who amaze you with their wit and wisdom and intelligence. And you will see them turned into nothing more than shaved monkeys. They will laugh at things that aren't funny. They will laugh if someone drops something. They will tell you the same story five times in a row and they will laugh in the same place every time. They will appear to have the intelligence of a table leg. They will no longer be funny. They will no longer be intelligent. And you will look at them in an entirely different light. And you will feel a bit sad. You'll think, my God, look at what alcohol steals from the people I love. And then as the night progresses, you'll see people falling over. You'll see marriages come under pressure as people make inappropriate decisions and look at each other in the wrong way. And arguments start. People start slurring their words and not being able to communicate. And then if you stay a little bit longer, you'll start to see people throwing up, people having to be taken to bed because they, we, we've all been at these parties, haven't we? Where there's someone who just hits the alcohol a bit too hard and a bit too fast. And at some point in the evening, a couple of people have to take him or her off to bed because they're in such a mess. So at some point you'll see that happening. And then at the end of the evening, when nobody can stand up and everyone's falling over, you will be fresh as a daisy and it will be like standing in the middle of a battlefield at the end of the battle. And you will look around and you'll go, my God, I, I'm so glad I survived that. But the best is still yet to come. The morning after, when you go on Facebook and it's full of people going, oh, my head, I think I'm dying. Somebody call an ambulance. I think I'm about to die. What did I do last night? Please tell me I didn't get naked again. You will be the one sitting there in smug mode going, oh, yeah, you did all that and more. Let me tell you about it. So you only have to get through the first hour of a party, honestly. In my experience after that, it's all gravy. It's all good. So preparing and expecting, anticipating what the night's going to look like. 
And honestly, you'll build this up to be bigger than it is. You know, there'll be this sensation of panic. Oh, my God, how can I go through Christmas without drinking? And you'll get through to the other side of this in January, and you'll think, what, what was I worrying about? Actually, it was the best Christmas I ever had because I was present. I was there. I was conscious. You know, back when I was a drinker, Christmas Day was get up really early because the kids got us up, open the presents all excited. You can have a drink at 11 in the morning on Christmas Day because it's Christmas. You can do anything you want. Then you drink until lunchtime, have a massive meal, drink some more, collapse on the sofa and fall asleep and miss the rest of the day. That, you know, when you describe it like that, is that really the best you could have got out of that day with your family? Is that the maximum fun you could have had? Choosing to take an anesthetic at lunchtime that rendered the rest of the day obsolete? I don't think so. So, a couple more quick quick uh, shots for you here. Um, excuse the pun. You know, if, you, if you're in a social environment... Make sure you're ordering drinks that you like, that interest you, not just water and soda and things like that. Uh, But, you know, some drinks look like alcoholic drinks, and that helps take the pressure off you from other people as well. A Coke could just as easily be a vodka and Coke, could just as easily be uh, a Bacardi and Coke. Uh, So just, you know, you don't have to be so open and blatant about it that you're sober and everyone else sucks. Just blend in and enjoy it. So thank you very much for listening to me today. If you have any questions or any suggestions for things that you want me to talk about in the future, please get in touch via the website, stopdrinkingexpert.com. I remind you that my Quit Drinking Boot Camp is coming to London in January 2019, Nashville, Tennessee, February 2019, and Toronto, Canada in March. And also, I have a brand new event coming and it will start in March in Toronto the day before the quit drinking boot camp it's called unleashed and it's all about loving yourself and releasing your full potential i believe we're still working on this but i believe this is the best product i have ever created i am immensely proud of what it does for people and if you want more details on that then go to my other website which is craigback.com so thank you very much and i will speak to you soon unleashed live Spend one amazing day with me and learn how to love yourself more and unlock your full potential. Visit www.craigbeck.com.